like to welcome everyone to Coach Starnes Raw, Episode Four. Uh, took a little uh, a little longer hiatus this time, but good to be back. And uh, so first, I want to start with discussing kind of where we're at right now uh, here at All Saints and our football team. We dropped a tough road loss this past weekend to uh, a, a solid, a good First Baptist team out of Dallas. And in uh, some of the key, you know, key moments in that game uh, for us, you know, offensively, defensively, uh, we had some young players. We have some some key players out with injuries right now. And uh, had some young players step up and do some great things. So this was a great evaluation for them and, and great experience for them on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball as well. I think we've kind of found our niche on the offensive side of the ball. We've kind of we've we've morphed or uh, transitioned back towards our air raid portion of our offense and and kind of found a it started clicking on Friday and and I I believe we amassed about 390 yards of offense, which is pretty significant for us and. You know, Will Morgan played a really good game at quarterback, and 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 just on on the offensive side of the ball, Ethan Fanu stepped up, had a big game. But but our young players are starting to to gain more confidence and become more comfortable in their roles and in their expanded roles, and and we're real excited to see the their development. Um, this week we have a big matchup at uh, Waco Riker, so we play at Waco Riker on Friday at 7 p.m. and and this should be a good matchup for us we're looking to progress on of course both sides of the ball and continue just to get better and to for our our young players which we have a lot of young players uh we're looking to get them more experience and, and just to keep them in that process and to keep getting better and better each and every week and we've done that and so we're real excited about that so the keys for for us to be successful on the offensive side of the ball again is just to continue to improve and to to spread the ball out in our air raid style of offense, which again is just the option in the air, which I'm going to talk about later when I get to college football. But we need to get rid of the ball quickly. They're quick reads, and we need to get, we need to get it out of our quarterback's hands quickly and and get the ball in the perimeter where we match up very well with with the majority of teams we play with, and and so that's what we're looking to do. And on the defensive side of the ball, we want we need to play good, sound defense. Make sure we're always lined up correctly, and but, but we want to be simple, but play fast. And and that's what we're looking to do this week. They they like to run the football, they like to throw the football as well, but they're probably best at running the football. So we need to take away as as much as possible. We need to take away their inside run game, and we need to keep the quarterback in the pocket. He becomes a, very dangerous when he escapes the pocket and starts to improv. And so uh, we're looking to, to contain their run game and to keep the quarterback in the pocket in their pass game. So those are our keys to victory, I think, this week. And so we're looking to do that. But most overall and most importantly, we're looking to go out there and continue to get better each and every week. And, and these young men are working hard, and we're so proud of them. Uh, we're excited about – their future and and the future of this season, just because we we feel that we've got we've kind of continued to get better every week, and, and and even in the face of some adversity and injuries, key injuries, our players are getting better, and and again, young players are stepping up, and and that's what we're looking to do this week. We're looking to continue in that progression. On to college football, and it was an as I would say an electric Saturday. I heard one analyst say. For some of the top-ranked teams, it probably would have been better to have a bye week Saturday, and that that was that was the case for many. You know, we had 
you know, number three Penn State fall, but you know, at the hands at number two Iowa, which which that was a tough. That's a tough place to play. I mean, that's a that was a key matchup in the Big Ten, number three versus number two, and you know, being on the road, Penn State led for the majority of the game until the very end, where Iowa was able to put some things together and come back and, and steal a victory away at home from the Nittany Lions. But both teams are very good football teams, and both teams play very good defense. And But the Big Ten this year has a lot of good football teams. Michigan and Michigan State are still both undefeated. Ohio State has the one tough loss to Oregon, but right now it's clicking on all cylinders. Might be one of the top two or three teams in the country right now. Of course, that can everything can change week on a week to week basis. But right now, Big Ten's looking tough. I mean, with Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, all of them right now seem like top ten teams, and and that's good. That's good for Big Ten football. That's good for their for football in the national in the national spotlight. Just as, as it being a national game, because you know so many experts talk about football becoming a regional game in the South and Southeast. So that's good that the Big Ten. The Big Ten programs are playing well. Now, uh, on to some other games this week. Of course, the one that uh, probably – well, there's two, really, that kind of – I guess steal the spotlight around here in Texas. And I'll start with the one that was first, which was Texas-Oklahoma. And it was an, it was an interesting game. Um, of course, two, two very good offenses. And, you know, I, I talked, I think, a while uh, – two weeks ago about how good Oklahoma plays on defense. Well, Texas came out and played real well on offense. And Sarkeesian is doing an outstanding job at Texas. And they're young, but and they and they had good quarterback play and, and it showed. I mean they jumped out early. I I know they were up twenty eight to seven and and someone had asked told me, hey, it's twenty eight seven. I said, how much time's left? Oh well there's still the middle of the first quarter. I said, hold on now. I said Oklahoma's gonna settle in. Texas really struggles defensively. And so I said, Oklahoma's going to get back in this game and have a good chance to win it. And that's what they did. And and so and that's the, the key to the takeaway from that game is I'll tell you what, Sark's doing a great job at Texas. And I think they're going to I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the future. And, and at the end of this season, I mean, they, he's going to get them where they where they want to be. But it's just going to take a little time. And right now they do not play very good defense, obviously. And and it was you know the way Oklahoma was able to call their way back into that game showed a lot about Oklahoma and 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 they expect to win and that's what it showed me it showed me two things again Texas's defense does struggle and and is, and is not very good right now but what it also showed me is you have a program that ex- goes into that game expecting to winning and you have one that goes in hoping to win and and so that shows the difference right there when it comes down to the end of the game. Oklahoma expects to win that game. Texas hopes to win that game. And when it came down to the last quarter, and now it's, you know, it's tied, Oklahoma goes down expecting to, to finish that game off. And they did. But it was the fashion that they did it in, which is, you know, as a coach, that was, you know, they direct snap it to the running back and hoping to get in field goal range, and he goes what, 30 or plus yards for the touchdown. And so that's... The, that's significant, and it was a great play call and a great play. But but if you're a Texas defense, you have to come up with a stop right there, and you have to force a long field goal. And and they just didn't make the plays. Again, Oklahoma expects to win. 
Also, and then then there's the exciting game in Ole Miss, Arkansas, <laughs> which I mean, with Lane Kiffin, you expect to get that you know week in and week out that that type of game. You know, what fifty two to fifty one and and two great offenses, and Arkansas has a good defense too. I mean, Ole Miss was just Ole Miss did what they had to do, and he talks about it after the game. It, good teams do maybe not what they want to do all the time. He did not want to have to run Matt Corral that much, but he did. That's what it took to to keep Arkansas off balance on defense, and they did it. And that's that's that was the key to the game, and they won the game. He had to do something he didn't doesn't like to do or didn't necessarily want to do, which gave them the leg up in that game. And just to, as you can say, the score speaks for itself. You know, a shootout, fifty-two to fifty-one, and a lot of people question, "Hey, should you go for two? Absolutely, go for two on the road. I think it's a great call." To go for two by, by Arkansas to go for two on the road in a in a shootout they haven't slowed Ole Miss down absolutely you go for two in the win it just didn't work out and coach said he liked the play call I trusted it he did. it was a good play call just sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it does work but I definitely think it was the right call to go for two but that was an exciting game and then you have of course the one I want to talk the most about is the Alabama A and M game so. You know, going into that game after a tough loss to Arkansas and then a tough loss to Mississippi State, Bama, uh, Bama comes in to College Station, and yes, we have season tickets to the, to A and M, and and so we were there as a family, and and it was an experience. And you know, going in, everybody's thinking, how bad is A and M going to get beat? How bad are they going to get beat? They have no chance. They have no chances. And, and somebody asked me, I said, I said it's going to be close. I said it's going to be. I said, it's going to be within double digits. It's going to be single digits. It's going to be a game. This is a better matchup for AM than Ole Miss was. And what I mean by that, not I'm not talking about AM offensively. I'm talking about AM defensively. AM's defense is set up to play in these type of games. It's designed to play in these type of games. A week ago, when they had to play Mississippi State, they have to play an eccentric type of offense. And I want to get into that in a minute. But. But as for the Alabama game, you know, you watch a staff, two staffs that that are very familiar with each other, you know, and um, and Coach Fisher working on Coach Saban's staff, you know, being the first assistant to ever defeat him. They know each other real well, and early on in the first half, they're sliding their protection, and A and M's bringing pressure two guys on the correct side, and they're getting pressure all the whole first half. And so, and Bryce Young, being a young quarterback, handling a very big game in a, I can't even describe the environment, in an extremely hostile environment. I thought he played well for a young quarterback. Uh, now, what A&M was able to do was A&M was able to get pressure on him in the first half until Alabama at halftime made the proper adjustments for their uh, pass protection. But A&M was forcing him to throw over the top and – and as experts have, have analyzed and, and they've talked about Bryce, he doesn't throw a great deep ball yet. Not saying he won't. I think he will. I think he's a great young quarterback, and I think he handled, a, again, a very hostile environment on Saturday. I thought he handled it well, composed himself very well, made great decisions, is elusive. I'll tell you, one thing he does really well is when he escapes the pocket, he's not looking to run every time. He keeps his eyes down the field and makes plays outside the pocket and under pressure because he does a great job of keeping his eyes down the field. 
in the face of extreme duress. And he did that on Saturday and did a good job. He just struggles with throwing the deep ball right now, which I think will come. And AM knows that. And AM made him throw the deep ball and he missed on a lot of deep balls. Now he connected on a few, but for the most part, AM knew his weakness and they exploited it. And so again, they did a good job of containing the Alabama offense. Now Alabama put up big numbers, but AM took their took their uh AM took the opportunities given to them and jumped out to a 14-point lead there in the first half. And then Alabama made the correct adjustments at halftime and came back out, and Alabama dominated the second half. To me, the key point in that second half was when Alabama blocks the punt for a touchdown. But then the next one, they give, they kick the ball to a world-class sprinter in A-chain. In A-chain, all he had to have was a crease, and he got a crease, and they were not catching him. So answering that block punt touchdown for Bama with a kickoff return touchdown was trans- was a key point in the game. And when AM was able to do that, they were able to buy themselves enough time. You know, Spiller had went out with a bat with a low back injury. And then the offense, AM's offense was sputtering there in the second half. But then they were able to gather themselves right at the end of the game. And again, I think the key decision, and I'm not questioning coaching decisions, but I am going to question that Alabama has first and goal on the four-yard line, and they do not give it to Brian Robinson Jr. at all. Three plays in a row, they do not give it to their running back who had, you know, who was dominating the A&M defense. I mean, he rushed for – what 150 yards? I don't know the exact numbers, but he. But but if you were there, you would understand. Why not give him the ball? Why not give the ball to your running back, which is what you're doing best today on that day, on that on that evening? Why not give the ball to him at least once or more? If you give the ball to him three times, I have full confidence they're going to score. But they they get cute inside the red zone, first and first and goal from the four, and AM holds him to a field goal. That right there. Turn the turn the tide of a game. So instead of going down, what was what would have been? Let's see, because it was 31-27 at that time. So A and M kept the lead thirty-one to thirty. Instead of going down thirty-four thirty, or thirty-three thirty. Sorry. So no, it's been thirty-four thirty-one. So instead of going down thirty-four thirty-one. They kept the lead 31 to 30. That was a key moment and key coaching decision right there on the goal line. And um, and that was a big stop by the AM defense. But then, you know, I want to give a shout out to the student section at Caulfield. I've been to again, we have season tickets, been to a lot of games at Caulfield. I've never been to a louder game at Caulfield. The 12th man, and by 12th man, I mean the student section at AM at Caulfield was rocking on Saturday. It was deafening. It was a miracle. It shows just an attribute or it's just giving kudos to Alabama for being able to even function offensively with how loud it was. But that student section and that 12th man at Kyle Field was what helped to lead the Aggies to victory on Saturday as well because the crowd was awesome. And they're chanting Calzada because Zach Calzada, hats off to him. You know, the offense at AM has not been, has been kind of a miss. That's what I'd call it, a miss for the last few weeks. We just, just didn't seem on the same page, on the same schedule. Everybody seems to be on a different page. But Saturday, they managed the game. Everyone seemed on the same page. Calzada made big time throws 
Okay, the running game, when Spiller was in there, the running game was clicking and doing what it had to do to keep the Alabama defense off balance. And so they were able to do that. They were able to keep Alabama on defense off balance, and they did what they had to do to upset the number one team in the country. And again, and then when Calzada came back in, you know, because he went out when they tied it up 38-38, he gets a lower leg injury and everybody's, you know, just gasping for it, looking at the depth chart. Who's coming in? Oh, my goodness. Who's our third string quarterback? Well, when Zach Calzada rolls back on the field after that three and out, the place erupted. And it was it was special. And there was no doubt in my mind at that time that they're going to go down and get a field goal to win that football game or get a chance to win the football game. And that's what they did. And hats off to, the again, just the A&M program. Coach Fisher and his staff, after losing two tough SEC games, to come out there against a, probably the best program we've ever seen in college football and defeat number one Alabama. That was a special moment. It was a special moment for us, but just a special moment for A&M football. Now, you know, people say, how do you, how do you give up? How do you lose to Mississippi State at home and then beat Alabama at home? Well, the difference to me was the A&M offense now is clicking. Calzada seems to be on the same page as his receivers, and, and they're kind of finding what they can do well and using his abilities because he has a lot of talent and makes some big-time throws. And so they were, the offense was clicking first and foremost against Alabama. But second, the defense. And people are like, man, how do you how do it just seems like the defense wasn't there against Mississippi State? Well, they were, but Mississippi State runs an eccentric type of offense. I mean, they're a pure air air raid offense. Mike Leach is a mastermind. He is a genius. I love watching Mike Leach coach. I love watching them run the air raid because as an option guy, which I've mentioned before, I'm a flex bone guy, I'm an option guy. The air raid is just running the option through the air. It is a quick passing game. It will take its shots when it when it's given, but it's taking what the defense is giving you. It's option football through the air, based on coverages, based on movements, based on finding space. It's running the option through the air, and it's a it's a thing of beauty when it works. And you have to know how to play the air raid to stop the air raid. It's like knowing how to play the flex bone. If you don't know how to play the flex bone, and you don't know how to play navy, or you don't know how to play army, you're not going to stop it. I don't care how talented you are. It doesn't matter. You're not going to stop the option if you don't know how to do it. And that's the same thing. The A&M game plan was was not very good. It was, they did not have a game plan to stop the air raid. And once they find it, and once the offense finds it in this air raid system or in this flexbone system, it's almost impossible to stop. And that's what we saw two Saturdays ago. Mississippi State was almost unstoppable. But then you'll see teams come up against Mississippi State that, that know how to stop it and know how to confuse the quarterback and know how to confuse the reads and know how to confuse that. Same thing when you're playing the option. You see teams that know how to play the option well and know how to play. And so those, those, those option football teams have a tough time playing against those teams. And it looks like a totally different offense. But when it's clicking and their reads are clear, it's almost impossible to stop. So that was kind of what happened. And the offense of A&M, A&M's offense couldn't keep up just because, again, it's, it, was, it, was, it was just a miss. But this weekend, it was not. It did what it needed to win the football game. Now, key matchups, I think, for this week. There's some big matchups. You know, BYU had a tough, their first tough loss against Boise State this week. They looked to bounce back at Baylor. That's going to be a big game. That's going to be a fun game to watch, BYU and Baylor. Auburn, Arkansas. 
Another good SEC matchup. Florida LSU. Whew. That's going to be a tough one for all the LSU fans. I don't I don't know how much longer Coach O can hold on, uh, but they got a tough test against a very good Florida football team that's going to come in and run the ball down your throat. And so they're going to decide whether they want to play football on Saturday night or on Saturday or not at LSU because Florida's going to come in with an attitude. And if you don't want if, if there's any question of whether you want to play right now, that's going to be exposed on Saturday because Florida's going to come in and run it down your throat. Kentucky and Georgia. Kentucky might be one of the hottest teams in the country, and I think Georgia is without a doubt the best team in the country on all sides of the ball. But their defense is unbelievable right now. Their speed and size on defense is unmatched, and they're they're just they're playing exceptional football right now. And so I'm really looking forward to that one versus eleven matchup with Kentucky and Georgia. And then Ole Miss, Tennessee, both offenses clicking on high cylinders. Are we in for sore for another 52 to 50 game or what? Um, and then Bama, Mississippi State. I want to see how Bama rebounds. Bama always rebounds well, and that's why they're so good. Um, oh, who was it? Was Coach um, Chiswick was talking about on SEC Now saying that, you know, I believe there's only two of the Alabama teams that Coach Saban has. No matter how many national championships they won, only two of them have been undefeated. And so what their staff is so good at and what their program is so good at is learning from their losses, which you've always, you learn more from a loss than you do a win. Learning from their losses and getting better from it. And so that's I feel, I feel for Mississippi State because they're about to get Alabama's wrath. And so I'm, really, I'm real anxious to see how they recover. Because, again, Alabama teams have lost in the past, but it's the way they respond that have set them apart from other programs in the country. And so they'll be looking to do that again against Mississippi State this week. And then, of course, the Oklahoma State-Texas game. How does Texas respond? How does Texas respond to a a difficult loss, doesn't even describe it, to Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry? So I I think they're going to play a better Oklahoma State team. And, yes, I think Oklahoma State is better than Oklahoma right now. And so they're going to play – but it's at Texas, which helps – but I want to see how they respond to this to this tough loss and playing a very good Oklahoma State team coming off a bye at home. And so that's those are my games to watch for the week. Transitioning to the NFL, Eagles had a big win, a surprising win over the Carolina Panthers. And it shows what turnovers can do. You know, Darnold throws three interceptions, key interceptions. You know, that those turnovers just cost them the game against a, a, an Eagles team that's not as good as they are. So you have a Panthers team coming in hot to an Eagles team that's trying to find themselves, and and the Eagles were able to etch out a victory, and that was a big win for them on Sunday. You know, and then I got to watch the Texans play. You know, watching the Texans play the Patriots, you know, you say, man, I think it was, goodness, I think it was a 13-point line, 13-point spread. But Patriots coming off that emotional game the week before against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucs. You know, Davis Mills, I want to give a shout-out to Davis Mills. He comes in and what, those, he's 21 for 29 for 312 yards and three touchdowns, has a spectacular game on Sunday against a good Patriots defense, a good Patriots staff. And I think some, some decisions down the stretch by the coaching staff have cost the Texans that game. And again, you look everything hindsight's 2020 and you're not on, you're not in that arena and you're not in that moment. And so, but I just think there were some key decisions down the stretch that cost them that game. Because Texas, the Texans dominated that game. And from that punt, when they got cute with that punt, from there on, momentum shifted. Texans had all the momentum. 
And then for when that when the Patriots blocked, well, I wouldn't even say blocked the punt. The punter punted it in the back of his own lineman's head after trying to draw him off sides and move him around. All that stuff totally shifted momentum, and then the Patriots took over and won a tight 25-22 to 22 game. So those, those are the decisions that define games right there and can define seasons. And I know we've talked a lot about the NFL, too. You know, another game, the Seahawks game on, oh, was it, Thursday night, you know, with Russell Wilson hurting his finger and now having to have surgery on his finger. That's what we talk about. You know, teams, even te- the hottest teams, the best teams are the ones that are able to keep their players on the field and are the hottest when it counts down the stretch. So, you know, you have certain teams emerging as, I think, taking themselves or emerging from the pack as the clear front runners. You know, the Chargers, Packers, Cowboys look great right now. Uh, the Buccaneers, Cardinals, Ravens, the Bills. But in the NFL, it comes down to staying healthy and staying as healthy as possible because no one's ever healthy in football, but keeping your best players on the field, especially at the quarterback position. And so the Seahawks are about to take a big hit with Russell Wilson playing, you know, this his consecutive start streak coming to an end. We'll, we'll come to an end this week. Uh, Thursday, oh, what, Sunday night against the Steelers. And so that's a big blow for the Seahawks. But you have to keep your best players on the field. Another thing, you know, you see, another thing we always talk about, and, and I've always talked about it, I never like a two-quarterback system. I think it's killing West Virginia right now. I don't like a two-quarterback system. And the Bears were, you know, doing this shuffling of quarterbacks early on in the year. And finally, they've settled on Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields didn't have a stellar game, but they're able to put a game plan now around a quarterback. And you want stability at that position. And so I think Justin Fields threw for 111 yards, somewhere around there. But they won. Now, they beat a Raiders team who's obviously going through a lot of issues with their coaching situation right now. But that's a good Raiders football team. But the Bears can now put an offense even a defense around a stability at quarterback. Stability at the quarterback position is extremely, extremely important. And now that the Bears have gone with Justin Fields, decided to go with Justin Fields, now he can work at progressing as a NFL quarterback, and he's going to make mistakes as a rookie. Absolutely. But they can start start him along that progression of developing him as an NFL quarterback, just like the Bills have done. And so that's kind of the model. And so Justin Fields is now, I mean, they come away with a good win right there on Sunday. Even though they didn't get stellar quarterback play, they had good, solid quarterback play. But again, they're able now to put a scheme around him that's going to help them win football games. And so good job there to the Bears. I mean, and so that, that'll that be a big game. You know, they have a big game against the Packers this week. And so that'll be a fun one to watch. Not just that rivalry, but, but just to see kind of where they're at. Because I think the Pack and, of course, Aaron Rodgers after that one, that week one mishap, uh, you know, with the Saints have become emerges definitely one of the top few teams in the NFL right now. Um, and we've also, you know, on that note, we've kind of seen a decline right now. The Chiefs, I watched a little of the Chiefs game against the Bills the other night, and it's the Chief, It's the same same pieces. Same pieces are there on offense, and Mahomes is an outstanding football player. But there seems to be. Something as I as I use this word with the A and M offense amiss right now, they're making mistakes. They're dropping passes. It's like being not exposed, but it's like the confidence has been shaken. They've lost some key contests, and so now their confidence, their air of invincibility, has been shaken now, 
And so now they're starting to make mistakes. They're starting to drop passes. Saw Tyreek Hill dropped a pass right, right on the money. Dropped a key pass in the game the other night. And so that's just an that's just an example. There were other mistakes as well, but that's just an example of that air of invincibility. When the Chiefs walk out on the field, they had an aura about them. They had an air of invincibility about them on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night or a Monday night. Now that's kind of gone. Other teams are not scared of them, or other teams are not going out there hoping to win. Now other teams are going out there expecting to win against the Chiefs, and that makes a big difference. Just like what I talked about earlier with Texas and Oklahoma. Teams go out there expecting to win against the Chiefs now, not just hoping they can slip up on the Chiefs or catch them off guard. Yes, that even takes place in the NFL. So that air of invincibility, I think, is really shaking right now. I don't know if they can get it back or not. I think there's no doubt who the team to beat in the AFC is, and that's the Bills. They're outstanding on defense. And Josh Allen looks exceptional at quarterback. You take a guy, you know, at Wyoming who was not very accurate, but just had all the all the intangibles, all the measurables. And and so he had this big, strong arm, good leader, big, strong arm, big quarterback, big present, good athlete. And now they've taught him how to throw the ball. What I mean, what I mean, they've taught him how to pass, to be on time in the passing game, to have touch on the ball, not just have a rocket for an arm, because you have to know how to throw the ball. And a lot about passing game, and that's what I was talking about, the air raid, it's about being on time. It's one, two, three, throw. It's one, two, throw. It's knowing the timing of the routes. It's knowing, it's having that clock in your head and being on time, not just having a strong arm. You have to throw the ball on time in the right location. And he's doing that right now. He's no longer just the guy with the, that's extremely talented. Josh Allen's putting the ball on the money. And he is leading a Bills team that seems to be unbeatable right now. Or tough to beat right now. And so, again, right now that's kind of where I think that stands. But, again, in the NFL, it's going to depend on who's healthiest at the end of the year. One injury, one key injury on a team can change the whole complexion of a team. It can it can change the whole complexion of the NFL. And so we'll see. We'll see. There's some big matchups this week. We have the the Packers Bears, Cardinals at the Browns, which is going to be a big matchup. Browns 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 need that win. And a lot of times in the NFL, the team that needs the win the more, most is get, come is able to pull it out. And then I'm anxious to see the Cowboys and the Patriots. Again, just to see that matchup. Because right now it seems like the Cowboys are clicking on all cylinders on offense. I want to see how the Patriots, who I think Bill Belichick might be the greatest coach in NFL history and how he attacks the Cowboys or how he defenses the Cowboys. I'm really anxious to see that. I think it, if he does it successfully, which I have no doubt he will, I think it could be a blueprint for how team other teams attack the Cowboys. So very anxious to see how that game goes and the X's and O's and all the – the schemes and the strategy behind that game so again thoroughly enjoy this opportunity to talk a little football uh this is coach starns raw out